Hello world and welcome back to episode 39 and welcome back to part 3 of the All Things Joey Nelson Residency. Live on set season 3 is full steam ahead and I am so happy to get back on set, record episodes and continue to have these weekly conversations with uh, my friends, family and people I meet along the way. Uh, just a couple of updates. I did record the three episodes with Joey at the beginning of August, planning out the season and, and just kind of getting season three planned. And a couple of things have happened. This episode will drop on uh, Monday, September 20th. We, we talk about these legendary musicians that have been a part of our lives, especially people my age, kind of feel like the core youth of of our life when we find music and we meet and become friends with people, different friends group, all walks of life. Kanye has dropped Donda, Drake has dropped Certified Lover Boy, Bonnaroo did not happen, which is what we'll talk about today when Joey talks about how much Tyler the Creator and his music means to him and means to the world of, of music and his ever rapidly growing fan base. Uh, but I want to dedicate this episode to a legendary comedian, Norm MacDonald, who passed away this week. Uh, Norm was someone I was a big fan of. He was someone that guests on the show, uh, some, some people that have only been on one, some people that have been on a couple of times, I know are big fans or were big fans of Norm as well. Uh, but yeah, Norm was one of my all-time favorites, whether it was uh, his stand-up, um, him behind the Weekend Update desk when he was on SNL, or just his classic talk show appearances. Uh, he was truly, truly remarkable, and uh, Norm, you will be uh, missed by all of us. So, uh, in the words of the Comedy Store post earlier this week, Norm, rest in peace and laughter. So, thank you guys so much for listening. This episode is for Norm, and uh, I look forward to the rest of uh, this episode, obviously. I'm so excited to get this episode out with Joey, uh, but also for this uh, season three, there's so much to uh, look forward to. New music, new season of SNL, new movies coming out. The Emmys will be uh, last night, uh, September 19th and uh, September 20th, episode 39, the conclusion of the three-part All Things Joey Nelson Music Residency starts right now. Enjoy the show. Live. Live on. But what I want to kind of transition to here with the main segment, the last portion of the Joey Nelson residency brought to you by Live On Set, Freaks and Geeks and Park FCDs. I remember the first time I heard a Tyler, the Creator song. I remember the first time that we listened to Tyler in a vehicle and what my response was. And I also remember watching like a live show of his and coming up with this opinion. There is no dedicated fan base more. And Travis Scott has to be a very close second because I've been to shows of his and the shows are, are very, they're unsafe in the day and the night. And Travis is someone who I could also see myself being friends with. I'd love for him to come on the podcast. There is no more dedicated fan base than Tyler's. How do you feel? I don't know. I think he sits in a very, um, 
close-knit family of artists and bands that have that type of following. Um, yeah, I mean, KISS fans are crazy. Britney Spears, everything she's going through, those mm -hmm. fans are crazy. Beyonce and the Beehive or whatever it's called, those people are crazy. Right. So, But I do understand where you're coming from because I'm a part of it, and you see it when you go to his music festival and yes, hey, which I've been to three times, I mean, there is a cult following and a style and like a feeling vibe, whatever word you want to put to it. Like Tyler has created an aesthetic that is so unique, but at the same time, like going to Camp Flognaw, which is his music festival in Los Angeles yeah. for the years at home, you show up to this place, right? 80,000, 100,000 plus people. Um, well, let's say 50, let's say 50 to 100, depending on the year you know, as it's become more popular, everybody is so unique, but looks exactly the same. It's mm -hmm. just one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Even living in Portland for five years, it's very similar. Everybody's so funky, or as Nick would say, they all, they all look like they're dressed like PE teachers, but from the nineties, of course, but, uh, yeah. but no, Tyler's fan base is, ex is extremely unique. It is a cult following. Yeah. I mean, I've been listening to him. Like I said, I think I probably heard Earl Sweatshirt before I even heard Tyler. It was a song mm -hmm. Earl. Tyler was in it. Probably watched his interviews before I even heard a song. And then it was probably French. Maybe it was like the first video I watched. Odd Future Tape Volume 1 was out. I don't even know if, if Goblin had come out yet. So I've been listening to Tyler for like 10, 11 years. And it's weird going to shows now because I'm 28 years old. And there's like a 14 year old or like a 12 year old with his mom in the back. And I'm like drink, drinking some like overpriced locally sourced IPA. Right. But I've seen Tyler like seven or eight times, you know? So the first time I saw him was all of odd future on my birthday, 2011. And that was probably the craziest show I've ever been to. Like the sensation that I would equate it to is like drowning. Yeah. You could not breathe. You know, my friend Lauren's getting ripped by her hair. My brother's getting punched. I'm having to rhino people like, you know, in their backside and try to move. And like, it's like the, the craziest mosh, but it feels like, like a wave crashing over and over and over again. And it was all of odd future, except for Frank, except for Earl. But yeah, I mean, what he's been able to create again, like that brand, that identity from the very beginning, I think that's what helps people connect. And that's what like creates the cult following. Yeah. Because people want to be similar to, or identify with an artist for a variety of reasons. So yeah, but I know I've, I had a debate years and years ago with some friends in 2017 who was more, quote unquote, influential. You know, was it Travis Scott or was it Tyler? And I think they do it in their own ways. Travis probably has more listeners, a bigger following. Mm -hmm. But they both do, very, I think, very similar things in their own ways. Um, yeah. And then from a biased, very subjective standpoint, I would always choose Tyler. Tyler. But, but yeah, no, Tyler yeah. is. I remember, I remember similar to what I said about Kendrick, about his sound being unlike anything I've heard before when I would have heard the first time I ever heard of his was, you know, Yonkers. So like when I heard that song in 2011 or whenever Goblin came out, which yeah, I remember it was some sort of like award show where he won like best new art. It might've been like the, the VMAs or something. Cause like that, that, yonkers music video of him like eating and like like the bug and like throwing up or whatever like i remember watching that and i'm like this is not a one-hit wonder person this is unlike anything that i've seen before and that was very new to me and his voice if you were heard him and did not see his face 
you would think that his voice, it would be a completely different person that you look at. And with Tyler, he like Yonkers, like the, the song like floored me. It was music that I had never like heard before where you had talked to him about it before. And I just like, didn't really give it the time of day. And then the first time that we had listened to Tyler in length driving to New Smyrna one day, or when we drove to, to Daytona that one time. And I remember listening to, it was like Damo 23. Well, so I'm trying to remember if I had, which, I'm trying to remember which CD was in the car. If it was Wolf, which Damo 23 would have been on. Right. Or if it was Odd Future Tape Volume 2. Um, for sure would have been in my car. Because I was trying to, it was probably Wolf. I was probably playing Maybe. Wolf. Maybe. kept turning it off. And I it was, was definitely, I was not, I was not because, turning it off, not because I was like against everything that I was hearing. Turning it off because. I thought the music was going to be a completely different agenda. And I will, I was, I was not on board. I was not on board, but the first song on Wolf that I listened to and kind of worked my way back was Damo because the beat to it and the Tyler's flow of the song was similar to other types of songs that I was into. And then I kind of worked my way back and I've been able to do that with other songs on his albums since then. But then, call me to get lost. I was in. I was in the beginning. I was in the beginning because DJ Drama has a collaborative history with Lil Wayne. So I was in. And Tyler, who also has a working relationship with Lil Wayne as well. But what I will definitely say about Tyler is, I think he's hysterical. I think that he has and what he's been able to create with like odd future and that whole, like if you look at like, like the internet with like Steve Lacey and Sid, and then you look at, I'm a big show. I'm a big fan of the show, Dave. And you look at taco and like, or Travis Bennett, whatever you want to say, like taco is like universally loved. And then you take Tyler and then you take how like Frank is arguably the most creative and the most like arguably like reclusive artist of his generation. And then so you just obscure. take people like just mellow high stuff or what Haji beats can do. And, and then how Jasper just does whatever he wants. Like now he's on Jackass. Yeah. Now he's on Jackass. And, and now you just like, look at back on like this group of kids that started out and like did their own thing and like, look how, where they've gotten. And now you and I talked yesterday, we were texting yesterday. Tyler's about to do arenas and he headlines these festivals and yeah. his audience gets bigger and bigger by the show. And, and um, he's one of the people that are like lucky enough that can say that. And I'm not sure if that, like, if he thinks, okay, I have to do arenas because that's going to make me have a bigger fan base. I don't think like, I don't think he cares. Like, no. not, 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 not that he does not care. What I mean is like, I don't think he cares that I have to do these venues because these people are going to show up. Like that's not, I don't think that's how he's wired as a person. Yeah. Well, I think what's hard is you get bigger as an artist, you know, just as an example, again, another frequent collaborator, you know, ASAP Rocky. Yeah. The dude is so niche, but then so popular at the same time. It's like he can sell out shows at Madison Square Garden, but then you see him at, you know, the Rose Garden, which is like the old arena that the Blazers used to play in. Yeah. And it's like 60, 75% full. Yeah. 
you know, so Tyler is, I think is one of those artists, just like Kendrick was at a certain point where you're like, you're kind of in between stages of, well, I can sell a bigger venue, but I can't fill it up or certain cities I can sell out for days. You know, so it's that, it's that challenge, right? It's like in Orlando, he's going to the Amway, but in Tampa, he's playing like at the USF basketball arena. Right. Part of that could be stage set up. Part of that could be how like the arena, like I said, how the arena set up. And I think when you look at what Tyler's done at Lollapalooza, again, the experience and the, uh, the storytelling is now being brought to life. Like the dude is rapping from a boat. Like you're on like some sort of universal jaws ride, yeah. you, know? Right. Um, you know, all the things that he brings is, is so incredible. Like for Wolf, you know, he kind of brought out this whole like treehouse vibe, like you're at camp, you know, like you're at camp Flognaw. Igor was a little bit more stripped back, but that whole character and the suit and the wigs, I mean, just everything is, is just bigger than life with him. But yeah, no, the, the stage experience or the, the stage presence, excuse me, um, is just so incredible. And yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be beautiful. I think the one thing about Tyler too, is I, the, the music videos are pretty big. I know like he's has a very good relationship with Pharrell and Pharrell, we could talk about for hours. Like Pharrell, you can just put on, on the short list of in our lifetime, like the most, one of the, if not the most influential person in music, whether it's, if it's his own, if it's production stuff with Chad, with the Neptunes or really like the things that he touches and where it goes, like he writes, like happy and blurred lines in the same year, the two biggest songs on the planet. And, but then you'd also know that he can play bass, drums, guitar, whatever he can sing. He can do nerd stuff. He can do, he, he can do like an entire album. That's rap. He can do just like so many different things. Like he, like, he mean, he does it in his sleep and the fact the man that doesn't age, but for all the whole other story, but like the, the, that music video of like the, um, i f h y for the censorship up for the show with like tyler has like that mask on sitting there like with that blue background he's like sitting there kind of like getting like like the picture like the like the glass photo kind of thing and yeah like it's like it, he's it's like he's in a dollhouse yes yes like the whole, the whole exactly for, the, for those at home right i f h y um incredible music video tyler directs all of his own music videos under the pseudonym or the persona of wolf haley Mm-hmm. and um yeah the whole music video is like this dollhouse inspired yeah all these yeah dollhouse inspired visuals then it transitions at the end a little bit but continue yeah and i just think that he's one of those people that you can like pull aside and say that imagine tyler trying to be tyler in the night like in 2000 like look at how music has totally changed and has gone through kind of different avenues and phases where there might be influences that the most mainstream people have that the most underground people have, like there's going to be some sort of like crossover similarities, like that Venn diagram, I guess, just kind of like hitting on something in the middle there. But Tyler has, such a unique approach and I, I hopefully next March we'll be able to experience it live than watching a show of his oh. like on YouTube or I'll be seeing it in a couple watching, of weeks. Uh, but then watching, yeah. 
Senator like Bonner. you talk about it. So, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see really kind of what's next, obviously for music as a whole, but then also be able to see what the next year is like for, for Tyler and, and like really like other people who we've talked about today, but then also maybe what we don't know, maybe we, maybe you go to Bonnaroo and you just at a stage kind of like just passing time that you want to keep this spot for the person you're going to see in an hour. So I'll just hang out and, or I'm talking to someone who I don't know. And we're just kind of like, Oh, this sounds good. Let's hang out and talk for a second before, before we walk back. And yeah. And, and you're able to really kind of find um, maybe what your next thing is. And um, but like, I know we listened to it one time with you and your dad and I in the car, we were going to, God, I think it might've been like one of your cousin's graduations, but like the band Royal blood, that was oh, yeah. just guilty by association. They opened up for the Foo Fighters when I saw them the only time I saw them. And they were amazing. Other two and, and, and another two piece. Right. And they jam and they just put out an album and they're great. And oh, check it and, out. And um, Portland, that was, that was pretty cool. They were their Their light show was, was pretty cool. And then yeah. they just freaking just blew the house out. Just so just, just so crunchy. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. I guess there's maybe a couple other things before we like we, we close things out when it comes to like maybe music and, and the people like that we've talked about by this time next year, if you could have one thing that we don't have in regards to music, what would you want? Is it Kendrick? Oh, <clears throat> It's hard because I want SZA, mm -hmm. I want Kendrick, I want Frank. But if I had to selfishly pick, it would be Frank. Um, okay. Frank Ocean is like, yeah, Tyler's great. Kiss is great. But like singer, singer, like pure, true singers, Frank is my favorite. And so, yeah, after a while, it's like you don't get tired of something, but you find yourself not revisiting Channel Orange as much or Blonde as much or – you know, if you had the CD like I do, like I have the endless CD, I don't use Apple Music, you know, and then all the blonded radio singles, like, I love it, you go back to it a lot, but mm -hmm. to have something new and fresh, and he started to do that towards the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, like I think he had put out four songs total, two remixes, and, and then COVID hit, and then his younger brother passed away, so it's like, the dude is going through stuff, but now right. he is, he is locked in for Coachella 2023, so you know that something's coming. Yeah. Um, you know, is it probably 2022 leading up into, into into Coachella probably? But yeah. Yeah, that's who I selfishly what I'm missing right now is new Frank. I just need it. So good. Okay. And then the second thing in regards to call me if you get lost. And now I'm so, putting you a little bit on the spot. So bringing mm -hmm. it back to the you put me on the spot with the bucket list. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about call me if you get lost. And if the people listening, if you've never listened to a full length Tyler album, I would like you the best way you can mm -hmm. tell the listeners why they should listen to the album. Oh my Lord. While you think that I'm going to sing earthquake. <laughs> okay. I'm joking. Oh, you make my earthquake. No, I, I think Call Me If You Get Lost, Tyler, he, he put he tweeted it recently. He thinks it's his best album, not his favorite, mm -hmm. but 
this is, you know, it's the best album he's ever made. So that's one. I think two, it's probably a little bit more palatable mm -hmm. because sonically it's, it's a little bit more consistent from front to back. I think Igor is so unique and so interesting. He's got the hits that I think hooked in a lot of the newer audience and allows him to do an album like Call Me If You Get Lost, where it's just like, he said, I just want to rap. Mm -hmm. Like he had worked on a couple of projects and was featured on some things or he was just, I just want to just rap. Yeah. And so it was really interesting to kind of see him do that after the man only rapped on like a couple songs on Igor. A lot of it was him singing. And so it was pretty interesting to see him go back to call me or to go back to just like full rap energy with call me if you get lost. And then that like paying homage to the old mixtape era by having DJ drama host the entire album. Like it wasn't just one song. He yeah. hosts the entire album. Right. And I think for people that grew up in the era like us, if you didn't know his name, you knew his voice. Right. Holiday season. Like all right. that stuff. And I know some of my friends that love Tyler or just like love rap, they find it kind of obnoxious and annoying. But I think the way that DJ drama, you know, uses his voice across the album and like working with Tyler. And he said that too. Normally an artist like Lil Wayne would send him a mixtape. It's like, just do whatever you want. Yep. Him and Tyler worked on the things that he would say and Tyler would give, you know, give him ideas, but still give him that creative freedom. Like I love when he says, I think it's something like the sky is the ceiling for most of y'all, but the sky for us is what we stand on. I just saw that was so cool. But no, the entire project is just, is just super unique. It's got that pure rap sound, but it's still Tyler with the horns and the groovy samples, the great bass lines, all the chord progressions. Tyler loves to talk about chords. Mm-hmm. The features, I think, for a lot of the younger listeners, you need to have like NBA Young Boy on there. Um, but then you're going back to the old odd future days with Damo Genesis. Oh man, I could go on and on. But again, yeah, the music videos, the marketing, the merchandise, the album artwork, everything is so unique, so different, so Tyler. Um, you know, you're a fan of the first mixtape to now there's still just little hints of his entire decade, this whole discography, right? A 10 plus year career, if not more. Yeah. There are little hints. If you love Tyler, if you truly love Tyler, you're going to find stuff on there that you recognize from the past and that you just, it just resonates. But yeah, mm -hmm. call me if you get lost. It's incredible. I love it. It's funny. It. It's, it's true hip hop feels so pure but like pure from the sense of like people our age like mixtape hip-hop rap yeah it's not necessarily boom bap it's not like early 90s hip-hop um but he said it right it's like in search of did more for him than illmatic yeah right like pharrell kind of genre bending and, and doing things to hip-hop that had never been done before a little more shifty bringing in different instruments and sounds that had never been you know put into hip-hop or rap before so yeah tyler is I could talk about this dude or this album just for hours. Yeah. But y'all don't have that much time. No, so, I, I, even the I, themes, even the themes. I just one more, one last thing. Do, no, it, I'm getting do tired. it, do it. The whole thing of call me if you get lost, like the idea of just being yourself and exploring and it's the whole idea of like just seeing the world and trying different things, doing different things, being yourself. It's just so unique. And, so it's very braggadocious. Like he's in a place in his career where he can be confident, but back it up. Um, yeah. 
you know, but he's like, there's, there's one part, there's one part in it where he's kind of saying like, Hey, call me, call me. Like when you're ready to get lost, like when you're ready to like come with me and see the world and do all this stuff, like call me. And I, I just, every album has a super unique theme and these different characters. And, you know, I think for this one, for the most part, he is still Tyler, this character, like Tyler Baudelaire, bunny hop, AKA mm-hmm. the creator, AKA Wolf Haley. Yep. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I've seen a lot of comments on Reddit of like his live performance. He kind of goes from like Igor into Tyler, into Tron cat for like all the mixtape fans, like all of his harder, like he, mm-hmm. he goes evil. So it's, I, I don't know if he'll do that for all of his shows, like for this tour, but at least at this most recent Lollapalooza performance, he like embodies multiple characters in his performance. It's, too it's, good. it's great. No, I love it. I think that was perfect. I know what I to connect back with episode zero and bring it all the way to, to the present here live on set is a show that will be about the guests and the last couple of minutes there of you talking about this album this latest release of tyler it's a perfect example of why this show is about the guests because you and i talk all the time about music you're one of the people who, if I have not seen you in a while, we can pick up right where we left off. And what I will definitely say is, yes, we've had a number of phone conversations since episode four dropped. And it was my friend Jason and not Joey Nelson all the way to today, finally locking this in for the pod, where I literally could have just recorded the phone conversations and not have to edit anything and just put it out and the world would love it. But no, this is the reason why I do the podcast. I learn more about your appreciation, not just for music. It was little things with Kiss. It was about us talking Kendrick. It was us for the main part of talking Tyler. And it makes me as a fan of pop culture, but obviously more important music specifically to, as we would say, dabble in the dark arts, get more in with Tyler and the other musicians that you are fans of and be able to really kind of lock into an entire album, an entire project and, 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 and just see how you feel. And I know that for me between now and I think, what is it like the, towards the middle or the end of, of, of next March, hopefully be able to see him in Orlando with, with you and the crew or, or try to boogie and see him somewhere else. And he is someone who I would love to experience a show like his. And to be able to uh, do it with you after having this conversation and and see how Tyler grows over the next couple of months and how that tour goes and be able to do it with with you would be great. Oh, dude. Yep. It's going to be incredible. My my hope is to see him at least three times on this tour. What? Not counting Bonnaroo. So Orlando, Tampa, and then Portland. Ooh. So that's that's my goal. Do it. My goal. You have weirdos, right? That like people that love like the Grateful Dead and they do all yeah. the dead company stuff. Yeah. People that like travel and follow around the artists. I totally get it now. Like if they're in multiple cities near you, and thankfully we live in a place that right. If even hell, I could go to Miami, make it four. But that, that's right. too much. Right. It's almost it's easier to it's almost easier to fly to Portland than it is to like drive to Miami. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't make much sense, but uh, yeah. see my friends there and go, go see him. That would be awesome. So yeah. yeah, Tyler is one of my all-time favorites. Great live performer. Yep. Great stuff. Love it. 
Well, before I before I close it out, I know I asked you to talk about uh, call me if you get lost, but following in fashion of what I did, the last question I would ask anyone except for the episodes I did by myself. Tell me one thing in the world you're looking forward to. It could be pop culture related. It could be anything in life. What are you looking the most forward to before I close this out? I wanted to say I got to think about it, but it's pretty easy. I'm very ready. You see me on the Zoom. I'm rocking my Bucks gear. I'm so ready for the season to start. Yep. Everyone says run it back. That's the Chiefs thing. Bruce Arians, we don't do that. We're going for two. Double down. Yep. Cannot wait for the Bucks season. Cannot believe Tom Brady is in year two of being the Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yep. Uh, so I was ready. I'm ready for, for football to be football to be back. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a great year. Everyone stays healthy. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for football. Bucks, Bucks and UCF included, but but mostly Bucks. And I think UCF in the years to come, we'll have an episode on that when we win the national championship. Beautiful. It'll be great. Hopefully the Bucks have a, at least one win against the Cowboys on that. I would love it. I would love it. Well, with that being said, I want to thank everyone for listening. But that is a wrap on episode 39 and a wrap on the three-part Joey Nelson All Things Music Residency. It is all systems go for season three of Live On Set. That is the conclusion of the Joey Nelson residency, however you want to call it. But that has been it. Thank you guys so much for listening. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Live On Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. We will see you next week for another episode of Live On Set. As always, much love. See you next week.